the thing about UKW Go Home Shows is that they don't do that thing that a lot of wrestling promotions do, which is, you didn't think this was going to happen, did you? Well, now it is, out of nowhere. Do have a look at the pay-per-view tomorrow, put your hand in your pocket, because this is happening now, and you never thought it would. We've just done it. You don't get that. What you do get is, we're simmering this for months on end, or weeks on end, and here is the culmination of it. And they might ramp it up for a little bit of time before that, but every promotion does that, and they do it really well. Here's an example of it, and it's not that all of uh, Showdown that I've watched, because we saw a snippet, a snippet, a smidgen, a soup saw earlier in the week, which had the uh, Leonie Rose and Sarah Sky match, which was all right. Now, this episode starts with J. Rowe Lewis being announced, uh, only it isn't him. Sometimes these things happen. It's uh, Chris Castle and uh, Johan Hunt versus the Brotherhood. Now, were they not supposed to be on showdown in a three-way match? Was that not supposed to happen? Did they not announce it? Did Red Brocco not get angry? Pack it in! Pack it in! As he says. I mean, that's, you know, those three words. Pack it in. They, they send fear into people nationwide. So, did that not happen last week where he called for the match? And is it not going to happen this week? I think they're now saying it's at the pay-per-view. I could be wrong. I am frequently confused. It's just the two teams this week then. It's all right though, you know. Um, For instance, there's a castle backbreaker. Two of them, very nicely done. He does it very methodically to make sure he gets it right, I think. You've got an Uther cannonball. Hunt is so smooth. Shelby on commentary mentions it, and quite rightly so. So does Sid. It's coming on a leaps and bounds. I'm not sure how many more leaps or bounds he'll have to take to be superb. But he, I mean, it's a sequence of moves which is finished by a basement DDT. Beautiful. Crow comes back with an ex- exploder suplex because he's no slouch in the ring either. And then Castle hits his Michinoku driver. Very nice. No bouncy Castle or Castle Rock tonight because you've got the Brotherhood with a kind of V-trigger type thing. You know, the double knees. Yeah. And then a kind of flapjack um, for the pin. We are on Castle. And I don't know if that was supposed to be the pin. I'm not sure. There was quietude around that. The crowd were a little silent. Well, I say a little silent. I suppose I mean a little quieter than you'd expect. It wasn't silent, but it's a bit odd. Now, j Row is now out, addressing his recent losses. It's a bit of what Jacob Reed did on Showdown. Only j Row's a bit more maudlin. However, he does say, I lost my smile, which is a very nice check back to the WWE or F in the past. Yes, very good. If you get it, you get it. Evan Knight is out. He won't allow any of that maudlin stuff because he takes the mic, slaps him, gets a huge slap back from, from J-Row after Knight has said, I was the one who started your decline and they will fight. Now, hang on a minute. So they just make a fight. Where's Brocco? Red, get down here. They're just making, making fights on the fly, mate. Maybe he likes it. I don't know. It was a good match, though, I have to say. Because these two can really go. Big Lewis legs. You know, kicks and all of that. 
nice fast attack on the outside from Knight when it when it goes to the outside, as usually wrestling matches do. And then some kicks, a choke in the ropes. There were some some Lewis kicks and then Zaguri. J.B. Lewis hit a chop so loud, they probably heard it in Sheffield. Of course, we're in Batley here, aren't we? So there's the local joke for you. Hey! Then you've got a cross face from Lewis. Knight really sells it well, gets his foot on the ropes. Not the arm, the foot, it's beautifully done. Just has to get to the ropes somehow. Sudden cutter from Lewis, but Knight rolls him up for the pin. And it's lovely work from J.B. Lewis. He's a, he's a, a mixture of surprised and I can't believe it happened and of course it happened that's my look at the moment and what am I going to do it was all there next this is simmering discontent now Hamza Masoa and Mo Mentum will fight Mercer Sebastian in a triple threat at the uh, day of reckoning which happens tomorrow well it's happened already um, and um, that will be for the Ignite Championship belt However, Genesis Ignite, Genesis Championship, isn't it? That's what it's called. Yes, however, this has caused issues because, of course, Hamza won it, then Mercer won it back by dint of her being the favourite, him being the favourite of Leonie Rose, general manager of Ignite, and um, that caused Hamza to have a little bit of crisis of confidence and his NRG tag team partner, former tag team champions are you keeping up hope so momentum stepped up to to help and i think he won didn't he did he win anyway it's caused a little bit of a little bit of dissent in the ranks so they of course are interviewed because there's nothing like fulminating that dissent with an interview yeah shelby interviews them just lets them talk which is the right thing to do they both put their case mo says he stepped up for nrg mo says i was a champion when you were a referee, or I was fighting when you were a referee. Hamza then says, how many championships have you won? Oh, it's good, this stuff, this. Oh, put your claws away. Anyway, Mercer comes out. He's got his hair in a braid this week. No more Phil Oakey. Don't you have a haircut? Don't you have one? Not tonight. Anyway, Mercer says their friendship will be broken. And he calls it a spoiler. I like that a lot. Then he goes, comes out to attack Hamza, and then Momentum steps up and then RG work together to dispatch Mercer. Are they friends? Are they Buffalo? Next, we've got the first of the Pick Your Poison matches. Remember, remember, the um, Joe and Stee, Sedgwick and Cerebral, had an agreement they would pick partners for each other, and they did that last week. So this is... Um, is Cerebral Steve's pick, which is Cliff Harrison in a no-surrender match. So it's only by pinfalls. It's lovely. There's quite a lot of weapons in the ring and they don't use it that much, which is great. Joe Sedgwick, who's doing his Don't You Know Who My Dad Is shtick at the moment. Like, I mean, you might as well use it. It's not really used it before. It kind of. I mean, they've had they've had their, their fallings out, but it's not really used in a kind of Don't You Know Who I Am type way. I like that. So, um... He pushes the ref, um, Danny. I mean, Danny really can't do anything. As he tells him, you can't count me out because it's a no-surrender no match. He then uses a chair that's been set up in the ring for, an, for a Tornado DDT, which is lovely. Harris comes back with a kendo stick attack on the outside. Kendo stick attack. Then he's thrown over the guardrail and he comes back, jumps back 
They're outside the ring, of course, with a sort of DDT. I mean, it looked quite brutal, actually. There is a trash can in the ring, so that inevitably causes the chant of in the bin, in the bin. <laughs> it's very nice. There is Harrison figure four. Now, Joe sells very well, grabs behind him, finds the bin, smacks Cliff on the head with it. That's one way to break it up. Lovely. And then Harrison hits Maria, the most beautiful move you'll ever see. And he hits Maria, which is, you know, a, a kind of, it, it's a sort of move behind the back and then a flapjack kind of thing. He hits it on the bin. Beautiful. Beautiful. Unfortunately, this is a great match, but then we get Damian Black, apparently, um, telling us that the cliffside story, because of course they're going to fight, aren't they? Are they fighting at the pay-per-view? The cliffside story becomes the cliff silence story. Oh, God. That's really not good. That's really not good. It, it's just... Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, moving swiftly on. Mercer, Sebastian, confronted by Brocco. Red. You can't come here and mess things up. Because, of course, he's been... You know, he, he, he interfered in the... in the Between NRG and all of that. So... Leone's not here. Oh, not at the moment she's not. He grabs him, handles him down to the ring, says you're going to have a match right now. And if you try to win by count out, you'll be out of the triple threat match at the pay-per-view. He can't do that. He does this all the time. He's got no jurisdiction for the pay-per-view. He has jurisdiction on SmackDown. Leone Rose has jurisdiction on Genesis Ignite. They don't have jurisdiction on the pay-per-view. Red. You're past your jurisdiction, mate. It's like state laws. You know, once you get into Omaha, you can't be arrested. That sort of thing. Oh, how many more times? Anyway, the great thing is that his opponent is somebody who's returning to UKW. And I knew he was. Big Duncan. Oh, yes. Actually, this is a good match because... Duncan brutalises him for the beginning with an, with an avalanche. Um, Mercer sort of flip after being thrown into the corner really hard, flips out the corner and uses his momentum to do that. Beautifully done. There's a slam from Duncan. Mercer tries a clothesline, goes for the knee, gets him down. Nice elbow drop for the two count and then takes a little bit of the offence for himself. Duncan grabs the ponytail haven't you got a haircut? And then gets the fireman's carry with Mercer shouting at the top of his voice. Nicely done. And then there's a really brutal looking Samoan drop. Kind of almost fell on him. I mean, he, he did a little bit. Oh, it was quite, quite brutal that. Then out comes Leonie Rose. In the distraction, you, they're both on the outside, of course. Mercer hits the Emerald Bullet by the steps. To Duncan on the outside. And Duncan... Rolls back in at 10.5 of the count. And Mercer wins. Great. Really well done. And your main event. I mean, this has gone so quickly. Your main event is the other Picky Poison match. Joe picked the opponent for Steve, which was his dad. And this one is a submissions match because they can both do it. Now, early on, it built beautifully. Because I was thinking early on, well, yeah, it's all right. I mean, Atomic Drops, Clotheslines, 
Stee off the top, caught in a leg scissor, hammerlock arm capture, stee leg scissors on the arm. Nice, nice breaking neck breaker from Jonathan Sedgwick. The boss CEO. <laughs> Your kidneys are well deviled, my lord. But it got bigger and built more. So, Steve Sleeper with a leg grapevine, a cross face. Joe comes out to watch and then gets thrown out by Danny. While Danny's doing that, Steve hits an enziguri as uh, as Joe's dad turns round. Some punches, a guillotine. You've got the three arm drop stick. It dropped once. It dropped twice. It didn't drop this time. He doesn't do the Hogan um, wagging finger, but he might as well. Suddenly hits a super kick. Then you've got a figure four from Jonathan. Steve turns it over. Sedgwick turns it back. He likes that now. Done it on several matches, and I like it too. Steve gets the good old arm bar. And then you've got a single leg Boston from Sedgwick. A Steve leg leg lock. Sedgwick gets to the ropes. He tells Steve, sorry, before delivering a super kick, considers the sharpshooter, hits the sharp, or gets the sharpshooter on. Here comes Paul Hubris. Danny complains about this as he as he hits Sedgwick, knocks Danny over. Some, uh, Mustafa Khan comes out, knocks him over as well, and they are left staring at each other. That's a good way to end this for the pay-per-view. This is the way to do it, as Mr. Punch would say. Well, I'm paraphrasing. He doesn't say, this is the way to do it, does he? But he might do if he saw this show. Ta-ta.